this Elwood Wong's personal development show, Keep Breath Free, welcome. Natalie Chen is the founder and CEO at Ong Academy. Growing up in Hong Kong, Natalie never knew what she wanted to be in the future. Instead, she took an unconventional path to begin her self-discovery journey. Through this process, she learned that success in the real world requires a specific set of attitude, self-awareness, skills, and network. In 2016, she founded Own Academy with a mission to bring purpose into learning and unlock human potential by bringing industry experts into classrooms and connecting the most creative and innovative students to the most progressive companies in the world. Her goal is to help students find their own direction through exposure to modern industries and inspiring mentors, provide 21st century skill training, and offer exclusive internship opportunities. As a result of this remarkable and diverse achievement, she was selected as the Cardio Women's Initiative Fellow, becoming one of the 50 young leaders representing Asian youth to attend the 40 Live World Economic Forum annual meeting. In our conversation with Latin, she's exemplifying the qualities of a role model and leader, not only about the grit and perseverance in achieving great things, but also the huge vulnerability in refueling her own personal journey she had never talked about in public. Without further ado, let's tune in to our conversation with Natalie Chen. Hey, Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Arrow. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. Uh, I'm just so pumped. Um, I think the, the perfect way or the perfect place to get started for this episode is to ask you about the Cartier woman, because you are one of them now. So I would love to ask you about what is Cartier Women's Initiative and who else is awarded this year? Can you talk about some of them who you admire? Yeah, definitely. So Cartier Women's Initiative is actually a, a initiative under the Cartier company. Um, as we all know, they're a luxury watch brand with a lot of just beautiful, beautiful accessories and jewelries. And they have initiated this um, award for women impact businesses. So they look for women that are entrepreneurs solving pressing social problems in the world. And they have been doing this for 15 years, which is really admirable considering they have been kind of pioneering women empowerment from 15 years ago instead of just doing it because it's, you know, the, the trend, right? So um, I'm very honored to be part of that fellowship this year. They basically choose 24 women around the world that wow. are focusing on social impact and they have seven regions around the world. So I'm part of the East Asia uh, mm. region that got awarded. And it's just so inspiring to be part of it because you get to meet other women that have solved their problems within the region or within the city or district that they're in. And some of the other people that are awarded, um, I think the first one that I recognize is uh, Basima. Basima is actually from Iraq and mm. she is someone that I actually met at the World Economic Forum when I was there in 2019. So we we're both like selected to be uh, young leaders to speak and represent at the World Economic Forum. Mm. And when I saw her in like the, the shortlisted um, mm. group of people, I like messaged her, I was like, oh my God, is this you? Like, you know, I haven't seen <laughs> you in like two years. And, mm. and what she does is she is focusing on sustainable buildings in Iraq. And mm -hmm. it's just super inspiring. Um, our fellow East Asia, uh, Connie is, Connie Huang, is currently solving a problem with um, how 
older people have a hard time or even some people have difficulty swallowing pills as part of their medicine. So she has invented a candy form of you know pill consumption basically just super oh. inspiring and there's other uh fellows that are solving say you know trash problem you know the whole trash system in myanmar mm. to you know food system to like recyclable packaging and it's just wow. a group of women and we're all coming together for the first time actually in abu dhabi in march 2022 uh Kate is going to be flying us all over there to represent at the World Expo in Dubai. Got it. Well, people, so, uh, so you are one of these 24 successful, amazing women now uh, in the world. So I remember when I'm doing research on you, uh, prepare, in terms of preparing for this podcast, I listened to another podcast and you mentioned something like, when you are standing in that forum, uh, you are making a very humble statement about it. Uh, I am here now standing uh, nearby another successful woman that I admire too, but you are there now. So uh, it is not an accident because you have some achievement about it. What is that achievement that you are most proud of that enable you to win this reward? A lot. I think, I mean, it's been a very, very tough journey. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been really about you know, a lot of resilience, a lot of like grit that requires that. And then honestly, the biggest achievement is just having the grit and mm. having the, the passion to continue through hard times. Yes, I have been you know, selected to go to the World Economic Forum as a young leader representing Asia. Yes, I have been chosen for Ashoka to join their Changemaker Cross Change program. Yes, I have been recognized by a few other organizations. However, these achievements don't come if I don't have the sense of grit and perseverance to push through. Mm. So I think for me, the biggest achievement is having that mindset of never giving up rather than mm. you know, the accolades that I receive. I can see that what you're doing with uh, the own academy now. So... Mm, in terms of the research that I've done, uh, I've also come across a, a video you mentioned once. Uh, I think it was in your college time. And then uh, there was a suicidal moment. Uh, you haven't uh, talked about it very deeply, but as you know, this podcast is all about personal development and successful people. Can you rewind the clock back to the moment you are suicidal? How were you? And tell us what events triggers this suicidal decision and what had happened in the past. Can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say that, you know, I don't talk about my suicidal attempt to a lot of people. So, Arrow, this will be one of the first (laughs) to really explain. Um, And partly because it's part of our societal, you know, you know, things that are a bit taboo, uh, especially, you know, parents would never ever want to want you to bring that up. So it's been kind of like hidden under, under the rug for a long time. Uh, but I think that that attempt has been a big motivator for what I do today, knowing why I had that inclination. And frankly, I, I think I had a lot of depression growing up. I mean, now mm. people call it mental health issue, but back then it was just self trying to figure out why am I feeling so unhappy 
and what is the point in life was really a big question that I always used to ask myself. Why are we studying what we're studying? What is the point of it? It has no relevance to what I care about, to what I want to you know, pursue. So I think that moment was really feeling a lot of pressure um, that I just don't understand the why. And you know, I was 13 at the time. And I actually just switched schools from a local school in Hong Kong to an international school in Hong Kong. And my English at the time was also quite weak. So I wasn't able to catch up with a lot of things that was happening. And I was very much, you know, had a lot of emotions going through. I think as a teenager, naturally, there's a lot of emotions as well. And I also had a mother that had a lot of expectation on yeah. excellence mm -hmm. uh, on me. And I just didn't feel like I was able to you know, fulfill those expectations. I didn't think that I was good enough in many ways. And I frankly just didn't understand the purpose of living because life as a teenager, you know, all you see is academics. All you see is trying to get those grades, but there's no sense of fulfillment or reward. And I think from a very early age, I've always liked to think about, you know, what is my role in the world? Mm. And I think when you're a teenager, you don't really see that um, because you feel very, trapped in you know living under the household of your parents and like you know mm. you have to follow a lot of things so i think that moment didn't come from just one day of thinking i'm gonna go commit suicide it actually has been years of accumulating a lot of frustration accumulated a lot of like you know sadness and i think one night i just couldn't take it anymore and so mm. i at the time i shared a room with my sister and I think it was still like, you know, a midnight type of situation where I still was expected to do a lot of work. I was like tired and I'm just like, what's the point of this? So what I did was I, you know, I went and onto my windowsill and I live on the 12th floor and was mm. ready to jump. But frankly, I was also mm. very, very scared. <laughs> I, I was standing there and I was really scared. I was even thinking, because I like to think really far in advance. I was thinking about like, you know, what would my family feel? You know, this may be something that I want to do right now, mm. but what about tomorrow? You know, what mm. happens if they lose me? So I think all these thoughts were going through my mind and I was like crying on the windowsill. I was just, and my sister was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I think I just want to, you know, end my life. And of course she was like, oh my God, what's going on? And then she called my dad. And before I know it, my dad like yanked me from the window and there's a lot of tears and just, Mm. like addressing I mean we actually never talked about it ever since mm. then it's never been brought up in mm. conversations or acknowledged as a episode that has happened so but a lot of it that was stemmed from the why was because I just didn't find purpose so mm. today you know building own academy is all about helping young people find that purpose and to mm. be able to support them through their you know studies to understand the why and mm. I think my favorite quote is, you know, be who you needed when you were young. And I think, I think when I was young, I really needed someone that can help me understand the why, help me understand the bigger picture in life. And that's kind of how we created Own Academy. I mean, there are many reasons why, but that's a very strong reason. Although I don't say the explicit reason, but that's a big piece of the why of Own Academy. Thank you. Thanks very much for your vulnerability about sharing this vulnerable moment. Uh, mm, 
I know it is not easy, but uh, I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate what you're doing with the own academy because uh, the Acadia woman is uh, uh, one highlight that attract me to uh, ask you to invite you to this podcast, but own academy is the core reason why I want to invite you to here. Uh, can, um, okay, uh, before we uh, go move on to the own academy, uh, may I ask you, because when, uh, I was just wondering, when you are going up, you crave more about your, uh, for your mother's love or father's love? Uh, I'm just curious because uh, mm. this is a question for me, uh, Mm, I think it is also for so many young people out there in the world that will, will like to know because once you know which parent you crave love more about, you will know more about yourself and you will it's easier for you to know your why. So that's the reason why I'm asking. Yeah, I love that question. I've never been asked that question before. Um, huh. I think... You know, my, my dad and my mom are very different. My dad is a very loving person. Mm. And it's always like, you know, it's good enough kind of mm. attitude. But my mom is like the complete opposite. You know, it's never mm. good enough. And it's always about tough love. So I definitely mm. think, you know, the mother's love and approval has mm. been the one that I crave for much more. You know, making her proud is definitely one of my, you know, goals in life. Because mm. I know that my dad is proud regardless, um, but I think there's more to prove when it comes to my mother. Got it, because you don't, you, you don't have it and you seek it. Got it. Uh, let's move on to own academy. How did all uh, come together? Is it a seat or a, mm, I think it is a seat in that moment and also way back uh, in your in youth life. Yeah, just tell us what is own academy. Yeah, so Own Academy was definitely a, a manifestation of, I think, my life journey story, mm. as well as my, you know, learning about the world, about the people around us, and just wanting to build something that could add more positivity in the world. Mm. And Own Academy is a company that has a strong mission to re-engineer education and to help young people find mm. their purpose by connecting them to the most inspiring professionals, companies that also have a purpose. Mm. So purpose is kind of the, the root of everything that we do. We believe that every young person can be a contribution to society and really make a big difference in the world. But you need mm. to understand who you are, why, and mm. what can you do? What does the world need? So. Ikigai is, you know, the concept of, you know, the purpose of life or the meaning of the reason for being. Mm. And so a lot of what we do is helping young people find that Ikigai and to be able to really support them in this journey of life, because life is not a linear path. As much as we go to school, the way that we go from your primary to secondary to university, that is a path of linear, but life is not linear. Life is super messy. And we need to start you know, exposing young people to this messiness while knowing that there is a support system for mm. them. So we do that 
through career exploration experiences and then connecting them to employment. Mm -hmm. And that's really how we want to grow up with young people. So mm -hmm. we're really a ecosystem that connects young people, schools, universities to professionals, as well as corporates. And to create this whole ecosystem where we can become an extension for mm -hmm. schools and universities, as well as for companies and professionals to reach into youth mm. and be a ESG solution for corporates. Got it. There's one thing I really want you to know is uh, the reason why I really admire, admire your work right now is uh, I used to have some experience in the uh, Hong Kong educational space. Uh, I know a little bit about the educational system and you also talked about uh, the, uh, I believe on other podcasts or some article, I forgot. You just said, mentioned something like, oh, it is so difficult to change what is what has been built um, for decades or maybe even hundreds of years in terms of education, educational system. And you just mentioned you have the grit and patience to um, figure this shit out <laughs> to build a better educational ecosystem. So uh, that's the core reason why uh, I admire you so much as an entrepreneur because it is just not easy. Can you tell us a little bit about the how and the uh, have you done in the last three year cycle? Are them working along with the schools and insert time into their school campus? What has proven to work and what has not? Well, first of all, thank you so much for your kind words. Um, I don't even know where to start to this question. I mean, the past five years have been a lot of R&D, right? We have a vision of wanting to bridge the gap between what schools may not have the resources to do to helping them understand more about the real world. But more importantly is how can we build an equitable education model? Because education that are high quality education in today's term is you have to pay lots of money to get there. And there's a lot of young people that frankly, can't afford that. Mm -hmm. However, there's a lot of ways that we can innovate in terms of the system, in terms of the way that we can do things. Mm -hmm. So I would say the past five years, what we've realized and what we've learned is change takes time. Mm -hmm. So patience is absolutely the number one um, criteria to have. And also change really requires baby steps. Because what we're doing here is to, you know, create a behavioral change. We want to introduce something new. And generally, people are very risk averse. Generally, people are not risk takers. So a lot of the work that we do has to start from what is that, you know, very, very small step? What is that small module that we can pilot? So what we've realized is, you know, people are more, and, and what we have to also realize is that time is of the biggest, you know, competing factor when it comes to doing anything with young people, right? There's so much time spent on academics. Where is the time that would be doing things that we do, which is to a lot of people, non-essential, but to us, it's absolutely essential and we need to create that behavioral change. So we started with, you know, summer programs. We started with working with schools in their uh, experiential week. A lot of times schools may have these kind of like weeks that they're looking for, especially international schools. And one thing that we're very 
aware of is that we can never be an after school program and we don't want to be an after school program because that becomes just part of the checklist. What we want to do is really create systemic change and that requires partnership with the schools. So we really focus a lot on getting into the school curriculum and being part of their program. So a lot of this is really just trying and realizing what is the best format to deliver mm. and how do we push it to make it happen. So I would say that's kind of my biggest learning. And then from mm. the small kind of one week, how do we extend it into you know one month, three months, one year? So I think at this point in time, we're really proud to say that we have, we're working with a school on a full semester basis mm. uh, on international school. And we also have the first local wow. school in Hong Kong that is engaging us for the entire year mm. uh, programming, um, which is our biggest like win, I would say, just because mm. we've always wanted to engage beyond just one program because one touch point is not enough. We want to have a continuous touch point mm. and we're finally getting to a level where schools are recognizing the need and mm. it's taken five years to get here. <laughs> wow. It's definitely a big win for Ong Academy, and uh, because uh, it really integrates uh, Ong Academy with the traditional educational system, which is really, really difficult. And uh, I really like the fact that you mentioned uh, we uh, you don't just want to be the after school program uh, because there are silos, and as you just mentioned, life is a messy. It is not a linear personal development process. So with, uh, within the entire ecosystem you have been building, uh, there's, uh, there's the puzzle, uh, a network of professional teachers. Uh, something that built by you. How can a network of this cater to this experience that you just mentioned? Is it similar to the all you can use buffet where the students can choose whatever subject they want to learn or whoever teacher they want to learn from. It would like if you can share with us how you build up this network and any challenge you've encountered. Yeah, so our goal is to get to a point where, you know, we can ultimately create, like mm. any students can create their own degree within own academy. And mm. these own degrees are going to be given by our partnership with big corporations that we have designed experience for and have like different type of engagements with. So that's like our ultimate vision is to create a whole new alternative educational pathway that young people can choose and design their own journey and their own experiences that is going to be non-academic based and much more experience, real world skills based. Mm. So that requires a network of companies and network of professionals that believe in that vision to understand the why and what we do. And frankly, everybody that I speak to have all experienced the frustration of I had no idea what I wanted to do growing up. So it's a very easy kind of like persuasion when we share this is what we're doing and mm. we want to engage you to empower and inspire the next generation. So mm. it's just started from conversations. It started mm. from, you know, friends of friends, my own friend network and people that just mm. all had that frustration growing up. So now today we have like a framework that we have designed, mm. that we work and create these career taster programs with mm. um, our professionals and corporates. And we are basically just growing that base of like network. And ultimately we want young people to have, to see own academy as creating their own academy 
with mm. all of this network that is already available to them, as well as connecting with like-minded young people across the world that are also interested in the same thing. Because for us, we care a lot about breaking down walls between cultures, between this understanding, between religion, between sex. And we want to really create this you know, empowered community of young people that want to make this world a better place. So for us, it's been a hmm. conversation converting to creation, converting to like, you know, let's keep going. And it's hopefully a, a movement that we can create. Actually, my next question to you is about the 30-year plan for an Asia-based education revolution you once mentioned. Uh, is that um, is the thing that you just mentioned is already deficient, or do I miss anything that you want to add to that? I would say a lot of it is really creating an accessible model that anybody can be a part of doesn't matter your social economical background mm. so for us is wanting to create a free education system that young mm. people want to be a part of and i think a lot of it is coming from those who care to invest their time right mm. so here instead of seeing money as a as an exchange of value we see time mm. and effort as the exchange of value so mm. how can we turn all these experiences, whether it's like a short one-week career taster to say a three-month-long internship experience to like you know a longer form um, work experience into kind of like a co-op, uh, a co-op program that can be attached to say existing universities, or it could be a standalone ecosystem that they kind of move around. So ultimately, you know, at the very end, is that we want people to graduate with an own academy. Um, certification that mm. stands for all the skills and all the experiences that they have because when you talk to employers they care to find someone that has worked in the real world than a straight a student hands down <laughs> right and i think that's the reality that we are here to build towards and just create a way for it to be achievable for a lot of young people Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You paint a perfect picture in terms of vision. I can visualize it now. So I think uh, the question to wrap up this uh, this session is, uh, what's next for Ong Academy? Uh, maybe in terms of, because I can see the long-term vision you have now, maybe one to three years or maybe one to five years, what's next for Ong Academy? So the next for us is basically building a technology platform that is basically a community for all the young people that we've ever worked with to come on board and be part of this tech platform. So we're currently building a team uh, across Asia. So we currently have a team member in the Philippines, uh, in Singapore, and in India, and we want to extend into these particular uh, countries to really build out our capacity in these countries and really connect young people across uh, the region. Of course, we start with English speaking countries first because that's been our primary language. And so we want to you know, reach a million young people in the next two years, hopefully. We don't know whether we can, but that's our goal. And ultimately we want to reach the 500,000, 500, 500, 525 million young people in Asia Pacific. That is our next goal to be able to mm. truly connect with them, support them, and let them know that, you know, school is not everything. You, if you want to 
thrive in today's world, you must be experiencing life differently. And we hope to be able to create a whole new alternative way for them mm. to access and hopefully for that to be acceptable across parents, schools, professional network. And mm. I think our immediate need is to build this platform that can allow us to house all these young people within us. And one more thing is our goal right now is also to move into the corporate world. So what we're doing is to create a virtual academy for corporates and to be able to be their ESG solution for companies. And for us, we only work with companies that are conscious, that are ESG focused, so we can be that education solution for them. Got it. Beautiful. I really want to have one more question. Can I ask you a favorite quote of yours? Uh, maybe you can give us your own letterly version of quotes that to these youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I'll give you one that's like off the top of my head right now. Um, uh. I think my favorite quote is, you know, life is not about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Mm. I think a lot of times we may think that, you know, you can just, you know, your things just come at you, but it's never the case. You have to build it for yourself. And I think it's important to have a goal. It's important to have a role model. It's important to know who you want to be and start working at that. I think I had the vision of who I want to be at the age of 14. And I'm really grateful to say that I've become that person and more and only because I had a vision. So for any young people, it's important to have a vision it's important to know that you can be whoever you want to be, but you just need to know first, who is it that you want to be? Thank you. Thank you very much. Very strong words. Uh, a great role model for the youngster today. And thank you so much for in supporting our show, uh, being a guest and talk about your own personal journey. Thank you, Letty. It's my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me and sharing my story. Thank you so much, Errol. Appreciate it.